everybody. We are GFBS. We're Grand Fork's best source. Now a pure mist safe zone. And you know what? A little better late than never. Uh, a little bit late with the show today. Back by popular demand, I think we should uh, maybe hire this guy to be a co-host. David Waterman with the Midwest Public Health Coalition. We'll be talking about all kinds of different things with David here shortly. Show today brought to you by Executive Properties. Doesn't matter what you need done, commercial or residential work around your house. They can get it done, and they can get it done right. I mean, they do it all. Bathrooms, kitchens, doors, siding, concrete, trim, tile, cabinets. I think you kind of get the picture. Maybe you didn't know, though, that Executive Properties also does snow removal. You know what? We might not have much on the ground now, but it's coming. Tell you what, give them a call, 701-330-1273, or go to their website, executiveproperties.org. That crew over there is incredible. Over 30 years of experience, Barry Romo and the boys, they can get your stuff done right. Check out the reviews on Facebook and Google, too. Uh, there you go, Executive Properties. And before we get going, uh, time now for our daily segment called Jokes My Neighbor Tells Me. Uh, actually, this is not a joke, but a prediction. All right? This will be a first. It's a prediction. And uh, my prediction is there'll be a minor baby boom in nine months. And then one day in about, uh, well, 2033, we shall witness the rise of the quarantines. (laughs) Oh, come on. That was kind of funny. Yeah, if they all don't have brain damage. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, David Waterman, welcome back to the show. What'd you think of that prediction? Uh, I like that prediction. Uh, <laughs> I thought that was funny. And I really like Paul's comment. I think that was even better. If they, What did you say? If they all don't have brain damage? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so so uh, that's a great... I mean, I'm not the host, but I'd love to hear you explain that, Paul. What did you mean <laughs> Now you're that? on if the spot, don't, buddy. don't have brain damage? Well, let's see. Is my camera working now? Looks like it's working. Yep. Uh, yeah, because, I mean, you're depriving all these unborn babies of oxygen and making them suck in all this carbon dioxide from prolonged mask wearing. It's known to cause damage to the fetus and then they can end up with all kinds of different things that are terribly wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So, so I think in about seven months, if we see a huge uptick in stupid babies, <laughs> right to the point. <laughs> I think there will be some lawsuits. Med- is that a medical term? Yeah. Uh, Stupid baby syndrome. Yeah. The new, uh, thing was coined right here. <laughs> uh, you might have to put a patent or a trademark on that one. Um, David Waterman, big city council meeting last night. Um, you were still kind of red in the face when you walked into the studio here a little while ago. Sorry. Uh, let's <laughs> no. Uh, you know, I think for the last couple of days, uh, people maybe thought this was going to happen. Uh, myself surprised at, at the vote, um, unanimous vote, which kind of shocked me. And uh, why don't you fill us in on on what happened last night? Well, there was uh, there was first discussion. Um, they allowed they allowed members of the of, of, uh, of Grand Forks, uh, you know, uh, citizens to come and, and make their points. And there were people saying that we need, we need that we need a mask mandate. And others were saying, no, we need to be able to make up our own minds. Um, think and act like adults, mm-hmm. make decisions for ourselves. But the problem is that it seems that there are really two groups of, in my, in my estimation, mm-hmm. right now there are two groups of people regarding masks and social distancing and COVID and the whole nine, the whole nine yards. Uh, there's the group that doesn't care what the science says. 
And then there's the group that says, let's look at what the science says. Mm -hmm. And the group that doesn't care what the science says, they are, they're willing to go along with whatever seems to feel right for Mm -hmm. them. Mm -hmm. And, And so, uh, and so that's a problem. I, I provided uh, information for several of the board members, uh, several of the members of the city council, um, science and medical information um, a couple of months ago so that they could understand the issue and know what they're voting on and know what to, how, how to make a decision about this. Because mm-hmm. how do you decide something like this if you're not a doctor? Well, you need to educate yourself. Uh, that's what I've done. That's what a lot of other people have done. Mm-hmm. I've educated myself. I'm not a doctor. I'm not, I've got a science degree from, from UND, um, but I'm not a, a, a scientist, mm-hmm. so to speak. Um, but information is information, and, and, and truth is truth, and facts are facts. And if you're halfway intelligent, you know, like I, I'd like to think that I'm halfway intelligent anyway, uh, you can learn what the science is, and you can understand what it says. And so I made an assumption that the members of the city council would be interested in knowing the facts. But apparently, uh, I was mistaken. Uh, um, I, I'm going to get to this, uh, back to this in a second. I forgot to uh, let people know if you want to text any questions uh, for David Waterman. Our number is 701-213-0863, 213-0863. Uh, David, the the information you gave city council members a couple of weeks ago uh, after last night, do you even think they read it? Um, I, I, that's a good question. I don't. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I would have to say I would guess that they didn't read it, and if they did read it, maybe they just skimmed it. Mm-hmm. Maybe they just decided to toss it aside and say, "Well, certainly, Doctor Fauci, uh, certainly Doctor Burks, yeah. know more than these these other doctors, these other scientists." Um, and so I'm just going to go with whatever they say. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I call that something. That's not, I call that followship. Yep. Yeah. Not leadership. Mm-hmm. And what, what's needed, especially in a time of crisis, which by the way, I don't believe COVID-19 is a crisis anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think that the, the, that the peak is long past. Um, and I think there are a lot of people who are doing their level best to hype up the fear and to keep people, uh, complying with what they want people to do um because there's there's typically in a in a in a respiratory viral infection like this there's a big initially a very big uh uh, number of cases of sickness and then as it begins to fall off there's usually another little bump a little Mm -hmm. while later it starts to drop then it goes up again and then it then it kind of peters out and just gets real low and kind of stays at that level uh and i i I think if you look at the charts that's exactly what we've seen with covid19 across the country. Um, but that doesn't seem to fit the agenda that somebody has to keep everything uh, locked up. Right. You know, do you think, do you think that maybe there was, uh, if any council members were kind of on the fence about this, but are feeling pressured to go along with the rest of them, like you said, uh, the word you used to follow whatever, but do you think some of them maybe just felt pressured to have to, to go along with that vote? I do think so. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, I spoke with someone afterwards. I'm not going to mention uh, uh, the name of this council council member. Um, but in my discussion with this individual, that was, that was certainly the, the mm-hmm. indication that I got, that there was, they didn't want to be the lone voice. Sure, sure. Didn't want to be the one. Didn't want to be the one that says no when everybody else is saying yes. And my answer is, okay, why not say if you know that the answer should be no, then you have to still say no. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thankful. You know, I, I will say that I'm I'm thankful for uh, Councilman Weigel, who made a motion to initially there was going to be a two hundred and fifty dollar fine associated yeah. with yeah. this whole thing, and uh, and clear headed Councilman Weigel uh, made a motion to withdraw the 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 penalty for not wearing a mask in public. And so there was some discussion about that, and the the city attorney uh, uh, said, "Well, you can't really call it a mandate if there's no if there's no penalty for not doing it. It's more like a suggestion." And they, um, and to his credit, I think uh, Brett Weber uh, agreed to to eliminate the, the the penalty as long as we could get this mandate done. So they so they still did it. So what it really is is it's a strong at this point. I think that legally you can't call it anything more than a strong recommendation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because uh, our law enforcement people have better things to do uh, again. And I've said this a million times. They have better things to do than uh, being a bunch of mask police. I mean, they're not that's not their job. And, and if, if they mandate a two hundred and fifty dollar fine and they expect the police and, and the sheriff's department to enforce this and write out tickets. I mean, come on, really? Not only is that unenforceable, but it's uh, it would be something to be very easy to target a specific a specific group of individuals or specific individuals um, who have made their 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 objections known, you know, to to wearing masks and and can't wear a mask for one reason or another. Um, so it's they're treading on very dangerous ground, I mm-hmm. think. And and so one of the the provision was. Uh, another amendment made by Councilman Weigel is that once our once the color turns yellow, once we go from the red zone to the yellow zone, so it's got to go from red to orange and orange to yellow mm-hmm. uh, in terms of number of infections, uh, then then we can eliminate uh, the mask uh, strong recommendation and go back to letting people do whatever they want. Which at this point, the majority of the people that I see, even in stores, leading up to yesterday in stores that have no requirements that don't even ask people to put on masks the great majority of people that i see in public are wearing masks anyway yeah i still see people i mean i was it took me longer to get to the studio than it should have because there was somebody driving very slowly in front of me in a very tiny little car and when i finally got past them i said oh of course she's wearing a mask she can't even think <laughs> she probably didn't realize that the light turned green until you know you know it used to be people with cell phones now it's people with masks yeah. you know this is what the like this is what just pisses me off so so much about this i mean why dress a mask i mean why not a hazmat suit or or a space outfit or you know i mean <laughs> just require people to to go out and have the whole you know like we like we live in freaking chernobyl um, exactly. And the other thing too is, you know, this is a virus. You're not going to block it. What they need to do is they need to focus on ways to pre- like prevent it. So they need to get more things in like the hospitals, like the, you know, just the different, they mean, obviously like working on a vaccine, but just different things. So if you do get it, then they can try to help you the best way possible. But if you think of it, like in terms of like if you're a, a, on a football field and you got one guy that's eight feet tall, 500 pounds, and you're going to prevent him from getting a touchdown by putting a person all over the field that he's just going to like run right all over right. as opposed to preventing it and putting them all in a cluster and, and stopping him from getting through. And I think that that's kind of like what I would take as the 
doing it in a, a scientific way because you're not going to block it. It's a virus. It's always going to be around. The flu has been around for God knows how long. You're not blocking that, mm. you know. So yeah, he knows how long, and he also knows how long how long coronavirus has been around, and it's been around for years. Uh, yeah, it's been around for decades, mm-hmm. and so this particular strain of coronavirus is a little different, but. Still, if we look at, at, at the number of people who are susceptible to getting really sick, it's a small percentage of the public. It's a small percentage right. of the public. The number of people that get actually quite ill from it um, and then die from it is an extremely small percentage. Very, of the very small. The number of people who get very sick and recover is quite large. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's quite large. 99.7% of the people who get moderately to severely ill still recover i know i know two of them uh and 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 both of them say masks are stupid mm-hmm. they both were hospitalized uh with covid yep and 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 they they disagree with wearing masks now they've had covid once so now they're supposed to go wear a mask when they go out in public so yeah. that they don't get it or spread it to somebody else but they can't anyway because they already have the immunity the, the antibodies mm-hmm. so the the biggest problem that i have and this is the thing you know you were saying I think the last time I was here, you said, yeah, we could have you on every week. Well, I could be on every day, but the problem is at some point you get, you start to sound like a broken record yeah. because you're saying the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again. And that the problem that I have with this whole thing, John, is there's no proof that, that wearing, throwing a random piece of cloth fabric over your nose and mouth is going to stop anything. Mm-hmm. It's going to prevent anything from getting to anybody. Right. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, well, it'll stop. Well, it'll stop the you know the the particles when you sneeze or when you cough. Okay, like I said last time, I've been I've been sneezed on by my dog, by my children, never by a stranger. Mm-hmm. And and when you sneeze, you sneeze into your into your arm. That's what you should do. Yes, handkerchief or all the time. Even if mm-hmm. you just have a common cold, mm-hmm. you should do that. Even if you're respect. by yourself. Exactly. Yeah, you can't contain that. Get get those. But apparently. The people who know, like Dr. Burks, they 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 think that the rest of us are too stupid mm-hmm. to cover our mouths when we sneeze or yeah. cough. Yeah, and um, so because we're too stupid to cover our mouths when we sneeze or cough, we have to keep our nose and mouth covered, covered. all the time. Yeah, a um, couple of people texting Cheryl. Thank you. Uh, she says members of the city council have their minds made up. The people that got up and spoke were just kind of part of the show. These members knew how they were going to vote before. The problem is they're all scared to deal with people if they don't conform, and their, goal is not, or their goals are not going to be able to be met. We will never get into the yellow zone because too many healthy people are getting tested and masks are making people sick so that their goal is completely unattainable. Uh, Heather from Devil's Lake. Thanks for texting, Heather. All 25 doctors at All True in Devil's Lake penned a letter to our city council demanding a mask mandate. Uh, that's sad. They're caving to pressure and not following facts. Uh, Cheryl, my personal favorite comment, I'm a doctor and you need to trust me. <laughs> uh, that just makes me want to switch networks entirely. Uh, here we got one from uh, Marie or Mary. <coughs> pressure from school board and public health is what pushed him to do it. Couldn't agree more. Vaccines are an example of a reason not to trust. Uh, you know, when you get on the show here, David, and, uh, thanks for the, the right kind of cough there. Sorry. <laughs> oh, we're, um, we're good here because we got, uh, we got our pyramid system. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now there, I just saw where the water came from. You know, that's, I think oh, yeah. that was the cause of the problem. <laughs> now, really, do you think there is an, emergency? I'm, I'm not, I'm just going to bypass <laughs> okay, that. Okay. All right. Do you, do you really think 
there is an emergency anymore. An emergency. Yeah. Oh, what's the definition of an emergency? Well, that's what they're calling it. So that's what I want to know. I mean, well, if that's true, then we have had an emergency that's been going on now for for nine months. Exactly. Uh, no, it's not an emergency. Uh, obviously, it's not an emergency. Uh, where are the dead people in the streets? Oh, the numbers are up. Mm-hmm. The numbers are up. Okay, so let's just rehearse the 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 RT PCR test, which wasn't ever designed as a test. It was a, it was designed as a machine for manipu- for for uh, uh, replicating DNA, mm-hmm. so the scientists could do different studies, different tests on DNA, and you only have a little bit of it. So the the PCR machine allows you to to duplicate it so that you've got lots of it. Uh, that's what they're using to to test people to see if they're positive for COVID. So you can have the smallest particles of a dead virus in your system, and the PCR machine will replicate that until they have enough to say, yep, there it is. Yeah, yeah. And then they say, yep, he's test positive for COVID. Okay, but does he have a heavy viral load? Is the Is the virus even alive or is it dead? The PCR machine can't tell you that, so they don't know that. Mm-hmm. All they know is that they found the, D- the RNA from the virus in your body, and so now you've got to stop working for, for two weeks, you go to 14 days, sit at your home, and do nothing, right? Yeah, and if people live with you, and even though they test negative, uh, they could be quarantined longer than you are who tested positive. Yeah, and did, have you noticed? Yeah, exactly. And have you noticed how many... Have you noticed how many times you hear on the news that they say, well, we had, we had uh, uh, 400 new positives uh, this week, and out of those 400, uh, or last week, and out of those 400, 300 have gotten sick. Uh, you don't hear that. You don't uh, hear that. 200 got sick. Well, f- because probably it would be more like mm, two got sick. Mm-hmm. Or maybe none got sick. Well, well, what is it? 95% of people who test positive don't even get sick? Isn't that something like that, 95%, 90%? I, I think it's at least that much. Yeah. Well, and another thing, too, I'm pretty sure that uh, Italy had a mask mandate for a couple of months, and their numbers are they're spiking again. So clearly the masks didn't work for them, but, you know, that's, it's in another country, so it doesn't count. Yeah. It doesn't count because it's a, that's, the, that's the coronavirus, yeah. and it's different <laughs> over here, I guess. You know, it, it, it seems that to me, just this is not a scientific observation, just a general observation, that the more people wear masks, the more the numbers go up. And that makes sense because there have been scientists and doctors who've been predicting uh, months ago, months ago, that having your nose and mouth covered by a piece of fabric collects pathogens. It collects viral pathogens, it collects bacterial pathogens, and it collects uh, fungal pathogens. So you're basically collecting diseases on a piece of fabric that's touching your nose and mouth all day long, if you wear it all day long. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's, now that's not my opinion. That's a scientific fact. Right. If you are alive and you're breathing, then you're constantly breathing in pathogens and you're normally able to breathe them out. But now when you breathe them out, it catches some of them. Yes, and it creates a warm, moist environment. And guess what grows really well in warm, moist environments? Bacteria. Yes, indeed. Um, so there was a mask mandate in uh, in twenty. Excuse me, in nineteen eighteen during the Spanish flu. Did you know that mm-hmm. it was mandated mandatory? Yep. By law, you had to wear a mask. And Dr. Fauci studied the 
the Spanish flu outbreak. So he knows this information. The number of people who died from bacterial pneumonia... From wearing a mask. From bacterial pneumonia... Mm-hmm. Exceeded the number of people who died from the flu itself. Yeah. So influenza is a virus. Bacterial pneumonia is called, caused by bacteria. Just so people are clear on this, viruses don't morph into bacteria. Uh, they're, they're two totally separate pathogens. They're, a bacteria is a bacteria. A virus is a virus. It's why when you have a cold, you can ask your doctor to give you an antibiotic. And if they give you one, they're not a good doctor because, in my opinion, because... If they know that it's a viral infection, uh, antibiotics don't work. Antibiotics only work on bacterial infections. Mm-hmm. So the number of people who died from the bacterial pneumonia exceeded the number of people that died from the virus. Why did all those people get... I know, John, you guessed it. <laughs> oh, no, I read... I've, I've, ever since you've been on the show, I've been actually doing some research on my, my oh, own, too. So. Excellent, excellent. Congratulations. And so hopefully... <laughs> Hopefully, John, all the listeners are doing the same thing, Mm -hmm. right? Because if everybody will educate themselves with the facts, and the facts are out there, you can find them, then we can all make better decisions, both for ourselves and hopefully if we're in positions of leadership for the rest of of our society. Well, I think uh, one of the big disconnects is just common sense. Um, Huge disconnect. Yeah. (laughs) Well, like, for instance, uh, so my son had a doctor's appointment today. But only one parent is allowed to go because apparently in the, the two hours that I was away from them from the time that she went to work and I came here, yes. I must have encountered somebody possibly with COVID. Uh, and, I, and I'm not going to see her later when I go home. And if she were to get it when she went to the doctor's office and she, get, she got it, well, I wouldn't have got it because I didn't go to the doctor's office. But again, that's because I'm... I'm not going to see her later when I get home. <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> so, so who's, so how hard was it to figure that out? I, I mean, like you said, common sense, <clears throat> but common sense doesn't seem to be very common anymore. No, no, it's not. It's a, like a thing of the past. Um, yeah. Um, I want to give a shout out to some more people here. Uh, Miranda masks, reduce oxygen levels. Cheryl, I believe the new UND president needs to be disciplined for bribing students to get tested with gift certificates and other monetary perks wrong on every level. And, uh, they all Jeep using the excuse excuse. Yeah. Uh, Cheryl, our neighbors to the East had a mandate in place for months have increasing numbers. Absolutely right about Italy. Um, yeah, it, 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 what do you think about that, David? Uh, UND offering uh, $500 gift cards, um, free lunch. Uh, you get a, a free lunch voucher. Uh, also, um, I believe, um, scholarships to go get tested. So if you go get tested, you get your name thrown in a hat to win any of these. And, and I read about this last week. Now, don't you think some of these students, uh, especially the ones that aren't doing that well as far as financial-wise, they're probably going to get tested every single time they can just then go get a free hot meal. Right. So what would be the reason to have all those students tested? So they can get the numbers up so they can have a mask mandate is my opinion on that. Get the numbers up. And if they're requiring the students to wear masks already, which they are on campus, right? The students have to wear masks on campus. In fact, one of the arguments that was made by, by some of the students is, hey, we... 
we got to wear masks. And if we got to wear masks, everybody got to wear masks. Yeah. You got to make it fair because we shouldn't be the only ones that suffer. Oh. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> well, right. There's some logic for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're students and, and we've got a president who's forcing us uh, to, to be oxygen deprived while we're on campus trying to learn. Right. Yeah. We're trying to learn, but let's reduce our oxygen levels. I had a doctor, a medical doctor say to me, um, no, wearing a mask does not lower oxygen levels. He said that to me. Really? Yes, sir. I talked with another doctor. In fact, I just interviewed an, uh, another doctor last week and, um, he said, it's a fact. It's a known fact. I, I, I said, can you tell me that oxygen wearing a mask reduces your oxygen levels? He said, well, You'd have to really do a study on that. I can't definitively say that it reduces your oxygen levels. And I said, okay, well, can you tell me that it increases your carbon dioxide levels? He said, well, yes, because you're rebreathing your own, the, the air that you're trying mm-hmm. to exhale, you're rebreathing some of that because the mass catches it and then you rebreathe that. And so I said, so if, if, you're, if the level of CO2 that you're inhaling increases, doesn't that automatically, unless you can have a corresponding increase in lung capacity, which our bodies don't work that way, right? Right. Your lungs don't just grow yeah. <laughs> based on the gas that's in the mm-hmm. air that you're breathing. I said, unless you have a corresponding increase in lung capacity, doesn't that mean automatically that since you're increasing the amount of CO2 that you're inhaling, that there, that, that reduces the amount of space for oxygen mm-hmm. to come into your lungs? So automatically that would create a reduction in oxygen levels. He said, well, he said, that makes sense. <laughs> he, also, he also made a very interesting comparison. He compared wearing a mask to what, what doctors and, and EMTs have done for decades with people who were hyperventilating. Mm-hmm. So what's hyperventilating? It means you're, <laughs> yeah, you, you're, you're panicking. Breathe right? into a brown paper bag. Much, you breathe into a brown paper bag, and what does that do? That reduces the amount of oxygen that you're taking in because mm-hmm. you're getting too much oxygen right now, and it's, it's making you dizzy. Um, and it increases the amount of carbon dioxide. And so that allows people to start to relax and calm down and to breathe normally. So, so basically, it, it, having people wear masks all day long is kind of like asking them to breathe into a paper bag all day long. Yeah, yeah. Um, I tell you what, we're going to be back with David Waterman here uh, with Midwest Public Health Coalition, and we're also going to be uh, talking about some more text. But uh, first, uh, if, if you want continuous protection to uh, any indoor space, contact Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection. Uh, their multifaceted process uses advanced technologies to destroy contaminants in the air and on surfaces. Pure Mist can protect homes, businesses, classrooms, clinics, fitness clubs, retail stores, hotels, child care centers, and more. Now, this is the apex of indoor environment protection, destroying surface and airborne microbes, including viruses, bacteria, mold, fungi, allergens, and odors, and active peers in FDA-tested and approved technology uh, to reduce and eliminate SARS and COV-2, the virus that causes COVID-19. Uh, we're protected now here the studios of Grand Forks, best source by Pure Mist, and uh, maybe you should protect yourself, too. Call Chad, 763-229-7969, or go to puremistcode.com. Pure Mist Total Indoor Environment Protection, clean spaces, healthy people, and may I add, built right here in the United States of America. Uh, back to a couple more texts. Uh, Heather is a science major. I've been calling BS a long time. 
uh, and I've been repeatedly attacked by some medical professionals and liberals nonstop. Uh, Miranda, getting back to the UND stuff, uh, bribery is criminal. Uh, Cheryl, as teachers have been laid off for the past two or three years at UND, where are they coming up with those funds? Uh, Cheryl, uh, this is from Miranda. Good question. They have cut funding for teachers and programs, but have funds to bribe students to get tested. Uh, Gene, it wouldn't surprise me if the governor personally supports this effort. And uh, Cheryl, again, I thought that as well as the meeting, I'm guessing uh, he communicated with our city leaders beforehand. Uh, your thoughts on any of those texts, David? Well, before I mention the text, I, I'd like to uh, I'd like to just make a comment about the pure mist uh, mm-hmm. filter process thing. Uh, we have this 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 pandemic, and and people are terrified, and um, and it is a real disease. I, and there are there are there's a very small, a thin sliver of people who are truly at, at great risk. One of the things that has made America great. Um, is that we have had, previous to COVID-19, uh, the ability to start businesses, to see a problem, and to, to use our engineering skills and our capacity to think and to design solutions to problems. And this pure mis- I, I don't know what I'm thinking. The first time I ever heard about it was when I walked into the studio this morning. Mm-hmm. But that's a great example of what made America such a wonderful place, that we have people that are smart, they're willing to, to tackle anything that comes along, and, and come up with a solution for it. I think that's a great solution. This mask thing is it's, it's not a great solution. And there's something, there's a very dark side to masks right. that I'd like to talk about just a little bit. But, but going back to the, the, the points made in the text, um, yeah, I agree. Bribery is, uh, is a crime in the United States. It's not in every country, but it certainly has been here. And the fact that that's going on really, to me, begs the question, Why? Since, since most college-age students are at very low risk of COVID-19, very, very low risk of COVID-19, why are they having them all tested? And especially once you know that the test itself produces outrageously large numbers of false positives. I've never seen a test that indicates that people who are asymptomatic are also infectious. They think they might be infectious. Mm-hmm. But if you're asymptomatic, what it means is, well, okay, first of all, did we distinguish between asymptomatic and presymptomatic in the last show? I think we did. If, if not, if how about not, a little refresher? There you go. Okay. Asymptomatic means that you're not sick. Mm-hmm. It means, in fact, that you don't have the virus, even if the virus went into your body and your T-cells killed it off. Mm-hmm. You're asymptomatic because you're not sick. Right. Period. Presymptomatic is different. Presymptomatic means that even though you don't have any symptoms right now, today, you will have symptoms a few days from now because you're in the process of getting sick. And how do they know if you're presymptomatic? Uh, They're just taking a guess? No. Saying you're going to get sick? No, you don't know because, because on the outside, there's no difference between asymptomatic and presymptomatic mm-hmm. from, a, from a, a, a point of view of just observing someone. Yep, yep. Right? So you could be presymptomatic right now, meaning that three days from now you'll get sick. Okay. Okay. So everybody who's presymptomatic is also temporarily asymptomatic. Does that make sense? Yeah. If you're presymptomatic, you're also asymptomatic until the symptoms show up. But most people who are asymptomatic never get symptoms because they're not sick. They, they, they were infected with the virus. Their body killed off the virus, and they move on. Mm-hmm. 
so because we, we, we don't know the difference, but what we do know is that the number of people who actually get sick is very, very small. 95% of people that get COVID-19 either have no symptoms, asymptomatic, or they, they eventually develop symptoms, but they're mild and they only last for a few days and then they make a complete recovery. So if, if pre-symptomatic people um, have the ability to spread the virus, we haven't been able to determine that yet. And what makes a person pre-symptomatic is that their viral load hasn't gotten large enough to make them develop symptoms. Does that make sense? It does, yeah. So let's say you're going to... Let's make it me. Okay. Let's say that I... Because I didn't wear a mask or because my wife didn't wear a mask and she coughed on me or whatever, uh, that now I've got COVID and I'm in the process of getting sick. It's building. Those viruses are, 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 are multiplying inside my cells. Mm-hmm. And, and eventually I'm going to actually have symptoms and become ill. All right? Okay. But while that process is going on, the viral load inside of my body is very low until it gets large enough to make me sick. The best science that I've seen says that until the viral load is big enough to make me sick, the viral load is still too small for me to spread the virus to you. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. So in other words, the people that are most at risk of spreading the virus are people who have symptoms of COVID. And so I think those people should certainly take precautions. Once you have the symptoms, you should take precautions to not cough on other people or sneeze on other people or even to really be around other people. That would be the time for a person to self-isolate and, uh, and avoid spreading the virus yeah. to others. My son got COVID-19 uh, when he had it, even while he had symptoms. I was talking with him on the phone at one point and he had, he had a couple of roommates and I think at that point he actually just had one roommate um, and he sneezed and he said, oh great, I just spread COVID all over the kitchen. Uh, well, <laughs> his roommate never got COVID. Yep. Um, his girlfriend never got COVID. His, uh, his best friend who spent the night at his apartment the day before he had symptoms never got COVID. So, so that's just an anecdotal uh, you know, bit of evidence that says that, yeah, until you actually have, and even when he got symptoms, uh, he still wasn't able to spread it to his roommate. Uh, do they wear masks? No. Okay, okay. <laughs> so, but, the, but, but, but the thing is, having people who are asymptomatic Go in and get a test. I think is not only unhealthy. I think it's dishonest. Mm-hmm. It's 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 called buying trouble. Yeah. Why why buy trouble? Right, right. Um, it's funny because uh, you know a lot of people think this is politically motivated. Uh, you have your conspiracy theories. Uh, I got a text. Not to mention, it looks better on history books if all these new ridiculous mandates were under Republican or Trump administration. Yeah. Uh, and and here's here's a actually a good text, uh, but there was good news last week. The Wapiton School Board lifted requiring masks in school. May uh, Wapiton lead the way. Amen. And Praise that, the Lord for Wapiton uh, uh, clear-headed thinking. Yeah, and and, and that kind of leads me to my next question, David. Uh, now with a mask mandate in Grand Forks, uh, you're supposed to be wearing your mask anywhere in public. What is going to happen to the school district in Grand Forks? Uh, there's been rumors and rumblings that at the end of the quarter, they're going to send the kids home again. And, and I'd like to find out what's going to happen. But what are your thoughts on, on cramming all these kids in these school, you know, in these, in these classrooms and having to wear a mask? 
Well, I, I think that the, from everybody that I've talked to, and I, I've talked with a, with a woman with a PhD in child development. I've spoken with a, a, a fellow with a PhD in, um, in uh, microbiology and um, biochemistry. And, and both of them tell me that the effects on the children for wearing masks are both physically, emotionally, and psychologically very harmful. And that the longer that it goes on, uh, the greater the harm becomes, mm-hmm. um, psychologically, emotionally speaking. Uh, many of these children, especially within certain age groups uh, in middle school, um, are being traumatized. Uh, they're very fearful. They see, they see that they've got to wear masks. They've got to stay away from their friends. Mm-hmm. Um, the social distancing. It's actually not social distancing. It's antisocial yes. uh, distancing. Um, and then seeing all these adults wearing masks is frightening to a child, especially children who are at an age that can't really understand. They don't, they, they don't have a concept uh, of what this whole thing is all about, except that if the adults are scared uh, so much so that they're wearing masks, then this thing must be really, really bad. And so this, um, this lady who I spoke with, who, who again has a PhD in child development, has said that when you impose that kind of fear on a child at that age, it affects them permanently. Yeah. They actually, um, much like, uh, uh, I suppose, people who were uh, you know, survivors of the concentration camps, um, they, see, they, 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 they see the Gestapo lurking behind every corner. They, they have such a fear because of what they experienced uh, during that time that the fear never really leaves them. It's always there. Mm-hmm. And, and she's saying that for these children, that that's the way that is perhaps even worse because they're children when that trauma takes place. If she's right, that means that these mandated masks in the public schools across America are going to create a generation of children who live in, in constant fear, even as they move into adulthood. Even though it's an irrational fear, it's still there. That's called, I mean, I'm not a psychiatrist, but there's this term you may have heard, it's paranoia. Yeah, yeah. And so if we have an entire generation who's got a level of paranoia, that's not healthy. Well, have you ever heard of the song titled Paranoia Will Destroy Ya? <laughs> it's true. That's yeah, a song. It well, you know, other thing, uh, I mean, this is not just the mask, but also just the lockdowns and everything. Like they've shown that it's having more of a, a worse effect by doing that just because of the, the suicide rates are up like 800% you know, uh, in-home abuse, and then all kinds of other things that are, that are that tied to this that they far outweigh, actually, the, the effects of, like, getting COVID. I mean, you're, you're getting more people dying and of all this stuff than you are actually of the numbers the, of people without pre-existing conditions. Yeah, Paul, I think you're exactly right, and, um, and it's unhealthy across the board. There's no health benefit to wearing a mask. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially these 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 cloth masks that don't fit tightly to the face. I see people all the time, and people are constantly touching their yep. masks. Uh, they take them off, they stick them in their pocket uh, uh, while they eat. Where I'm sure that they've got some kind of a disinfectant in their pocket, right there. There must be maybe a maybe an ultraviolet light system built into their pants pocket to to neutralize to kill any bacteria or virus that's in there yeah <laughs> uh, i mean i haven't seen any of that online but they must have them you have a can of disinfectant in your pocket or are you just glad to see me because, people are completely because... selective I, I guarantee you if they said to stop covid 
we need to take all your cell phones, people would be like, nah. No. Exactly. Nope. <laughs> right. Uh, <laughs> boy, this is a, a very interesting uh, text I got from Cheryl. I have a friend studying to be a doctor who tested positive. He lost his sense of smell. His roommates drank from his cups trying to get it over with. They were trying to catch it just so they could get it over with but never got it. So the fact is that contagious may also be a lie. Uh, let's go back to the good old days, according to Gene. Uh, we stay home when we're feeling sick. We go to the doctor when we're really sick. Uh, watching this, weeks, yeah, watching the school board meeting yesterday and city council meeting, it was an ultimatum to the mayor. Mask mandate or we will shut down schools, which then will affect parents' ability to work. Oh, boy. Uh, Miranda, our children's mental health is suffering Level of fear that has been imposed on them has caused the altering, life-altering consequences. Uh, those that were going and active have become introverts. Uh, yeah, it, it, it's, we're getting a lot of texts like this. Uh, when's it going to be done with, David? Um, I mean, is it ever going to be done with? Never. How long are we going to keep going through this crap? Never. It's a virus. If we can trust, if we can trust Dr. William Gates... Um, <laughs> Uh, it'll be more than uh, at least another two years. Yeah, because that's what he said. He mm-hmm. said that on an interview just I think a week ago on uh, on CNN. Be prepared for another two years of dealing with COVID. And 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 if you remember six months ago, they said you know we could be doing this, we could be dealing with this thing for another two months, mm-hmm. not not another two weeks like we originally thought. It could be another two months. And then some said, well, it could be a couple of actually it could be a few months. Yeah, actually it could be. All the way to Christmas, yeah. but now, uh, Doctor, uh, the, the esteemed epidemiologist and virologist, Doctor William Microsoft Gates, has uh, let us know: No, 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 be ready to deal with this for the next two years. If we're doing this same kind of nonsense two years from now, there will be no America, right? As we know, it. And, and I was just going to add that that's all fine and dandy for Doctor Gates, who's got billions of dollars uh, that he can rely on to live on for the rest of his life. But all these businesses that are shutting down around the United States, all these people that are out of work now because of the uh, coronavirus, uh, our economy is going to tank. And and like you said, you know, this could really we were the greatest country in the world. And I mean, it's almost like we're well, we're not going to be. Well, and, and it's not going to take long. And I no. mean, people just can't keep living in fear like this because, OK, so we decide that, you know, and we come up with a vaccine in let's say three months, four months. And it's like, all right, everybody, we're opening back up. And then three weeks later, oh, China released COVID-20, <laughs> you know, and, and the, the, the you you're know, such an optimist. Paul. <laughs> well, but I mean, and then it's like, OK, so we're just going to shut down indefinitely because we have to live in fear of anything no, and that's everything. Exa- no, that's exactly right. And so the, and so here's so I'd like to get to some of the some of the the, the root issues here, if I may. Have either one of you been in the military? No. OK, Um Sadly, I have not either, but I come from a very strong military. My uh, wife did 12 background. years. My, fa- my father was uh, Air Force for, mm-hmm. 20, I think, 21 years. And I've got cousins and a grandfather and, and a very heavy military. My grandpa uh, was there after they dropped the bomb. I actually tried. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. And he was in, was it Hiro, Hiroshima? Is that, yeah. Hiroshima, is that right? yeah. Nagasaki, he was, he was, one of the other. Yeah, yeah, he was one of the guys that was there really wow. right after it. So. Wow. Yeah. Horrible. Um. I actually tried to, to enlist when I was 20, 28 years old. And um, they said, no, you're too old. Uh, and so I said, okay. I had a, had a, 
uh, science degree from UND, mm-hmm. perfect physical condition, 2020 vision. I want to join the Air Force. They said, now nah, you're too old. And, uh, and I tried a couple of the other branches, and they all said, now nah, you're too old. The next year, I talked with an officer who said, no, you weren't too old. You probably called the end of the month, and because you're 28, uh, you need a waiver. There's a one-page waiver that they have to fill and he said they, they probably had already met their quota and they sure. didn't want to do the extra paperwork, so they just said, you're too old. I said, oh, can I still join? They said, no, at 29, you really are too old. Oh, <laughs> uh, So that was the end of it. But the reason that I brought up the military is because what happens in boot camp? I'm sure you've seen movies or you've seen documentaries or specials on this. What happens when you join the military, especially if you're enlisting? You go to boot camp. What do they do? First stop, barbershop. Yep. Right? Yep. They shave off your hair. They shave off your beard. They shave off everything. And, um, and they do that to everyone. And so you go in and, and they give you a, they give you white t-shirts and, 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 uh, to wear and you get all your clothing from the military. Everybody looks the same. Everybody sleeps in the same spot. Everybody dresses the same. You eat the same food. You sleep at the same time. You get up at the same time and you do the same stuff. What they do is they take away your own personal identity and make you part of a group follow me yep that's not an accident that's intentional that is that psychological conditioning because they don't they can't afford everybody doing their own thing when they're trying to train soldiers in war you can't go off and decide you know i think it'd be better if we go around the the bunker this way or if we go uh under the hill instead of over the hill you can't be doing that you've got to be able to take orders and do what you're told and so you go through a conditioning process in boot camp where you basically give up your personality and your own, your own personal, excuse, not personality, but your personal identity, mm-hmm. and you learn to go along with the group. Yeah. Okay? That's, it's intentional, and it works, and they've done it for, uh, for hundreds of years. Yep. Okay. That's, that's mental, psychological conditioning. Sure. I'm really trying to find a psychiatrist or a sociologist who I can interview because I believe that that's exactly what's happening with this mask business. They, they, they take away your, person, your, your personal identity when you put on a mask because now you look pretty much like everybody else who's wearing a mask because all you can see is your eyes. Right. right? And so by removing your identity in public, you begin to shrink back from the person that you once were. Absolutely. And you begin to, to, to realize that you've got to behave and look like everybody else, or there could be consequences. Even if the consequence isn't a, 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 a monetary fine, it's the disapproval of the rest of the group. In the military, you don't want to get the disapproval of the rest of the, of the cadets or the rest of the, the, the people who've enlisted because sure. that... That could be bad for you. So there's a very strong incentive for you to go along and blend in and be just like everybody else, which in the military works for their purposes. But in society, when you can't think by yourself anymore, when you're not allowed to make decisions for yourself and actually be an objective individual who says, wait a minute, I see it this way, when suddenly that's shut off, the freedoms and the liberties that we've come to really take for granted in America uh, suddenly don't have a lot of value anymore because if you're not free to think, free to make decisions for yourself, then you're really not free. Right. Uh, you talk about the, the mental aspects of it uh, from Heather. Uh, mental health affects physical health. When your mental health begins to fall, 
your physical or begins to fail, your physical health will begin to fail, which affects your immunity. And, and, and that's all true. That's all true. I, I mean, and now you're putting these kids through it. So not only do we have to worry about possibly mental issues, psychological issues with these children now, but uh, that could turn into health physical issues also. Uh, and, it, and, it, and it already has in some, uh, according to some of the experts that I've spoken to, there are already children who are suffering from as a result, uh, physically as a result mm-hmm. of some of those mental and emotional uh, impacts. You know, I, one of the councilmen, I, I'm tempted to say his name, um, uh, but for now I won't, uh, made a comment how, how the kids in the public schools aren't getting COVID. And he said, what's the magic that they have? What These masks... The implication is the masks must be working because they're not getting sick. Well, guess what? I have the answer to that. The magic is they're children mm-hmm. and children don't get COVID. Mm-hmm. They just don't. So children don't get COVID with masks or without masks. Well, maybe with masks, they've got a, a slightly greater chance of getting COVID. Well, but, here, but, 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 but here's the, so, so here's the problem. I'm sorry. To, I want you to say that. Here's the problem. If children don't get it COVID, Oh, wait. Oh, no, there was a kid who got COVID in, in, in Louisiana. Okay, good. There was one kid that got COVID. If you look at the CDC website from, from the beginning of February to the uh, middle of September, they list 30 children nationwide who died with COVID, 30 children between the ages of 5 and 14. And the reason that I keep bringing up that number is because there are 41 million children at that age. Yeah. And 30 died, not from, but with COVID. You don't base policy on rare exceptions. Sure. That's just foolishness. Mm-hmm. That's utter foolishness. So if there was a child that got COVID and actually died from COVID in Louisiana, okay, well, I feel terrible for that child and for that family. But you know how many children died in car accidents right. during that same period of time? How many children are infected or died from secondhand breathing and secondhand smoke? Mm-hmm. Why aren't we talking about those children? How many people die from cancer with all the stuff that is in foods and everything, but you don't see them taking all that crap out? Not really, no. And according to the CDC, children are almost universally immune to COVID-19. In fact, children under the age of four are at higher risk of dying from flu or pneumonia And also, according to the CDC, virtually all healthy teenagers are safe from COVID-19 because their immune systems attack and kill the virus. Texting and driving kills more teenagers than COVID does. And so, according to a very, very good, I mean, you can't get much better than than this source. It's not the masks that is the magical thing in schools. Right, exactly. So my feeling at this point, John, and I'd like to talk about the schools a little bit more because I actually contacted uh, the North uh, Grand Fork Superintendent of Schools, Terry Brenner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I, I was on a, on a Zoom call with, with Terry Brenner at the beginning of the month, and uh, we had a, a very nice call. It was uh, an hour long, and, um, and I told him that I – he said, well, you're not a doctor. And I just said, no, I'm not a doctor. But I've done a lot of review of scientific and medical literature that, uh, that I think would be very helpful in helping you understand. I said, how do you make the decision to have children wear masks in schools anyway? And he said, well, we follow the, the governor's Smart Start program and look to see what the CDC is saying, what these other people are saying, and the, the health officer. And I said, okay, well, what if I gave you some information 
that you can look at for yourself because otherwise you're following their recommendations. I mm-hmm. understand that, but I, I think that because you're dealing with the health of our children in Grand Forks, it's important for you to know for yourself what's true and what's not true because they could be wrong. Those other folks could be wrong. Mm-hmm. And so he thanked me and he said, uh, he, he said he appreciated that I did the legwork for him. And I said, I will send you some documents. I'm not going to load them down with a ton of stuff. I sent three documents. I actually highlighted, um, just like I did on this, this mm-hmm. document, uh, the key things that he wanted to, that, that I thought he should see. Uh, and, I, and I delivered it to him, uh, to his office uh, in person um, on October 8th. So he got it October 9th. He wasn't there when I was there. Um, and, and, and 10 days later, we tried to schedule a follow-up visit, a uh, Zoom meeting, so we could discuss what he'd learned and what he saw and what, and he uh, would not meet with me again. Hmm. He said, nope, we're on opposite sides of this issue, and so there's no point in meeting. I have a real problem with that. <clears throat> I do too. He didn't say to me, no, 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 I checked out your sources and none of them are valid. He didn't say that. Right. He didn't say, well, I've seen so much other conflicting studies, other uh, RCTs, randomized controlled trials. I've seen so much other medical information that's exactly the opposite of what you've presented to me here that I've decided to go with that. He didn't say that. And I've asked people, please show me, give me the information, show me the scientific trials, show me the data that proves that, that all these other studies that I'm referencing are wrong. And no one has been able to do it. I had a young lady send me three articles today um, proving that masks work. And none of them prove that masks work. In fact, they're all creating, com- they're co- creating computer models and feeding information into them. <laughs> they're not doing right. actual trials with real people. Mm-hmm. They're doing a numbers, uh, numbers game. A lot of the things we are talking about uh, are available in these pamphlets uh, given out by the Midwest Public Health Coalition. In fact, uh, we have got them here at the studios of Grand Forks Best Source. Uh, feel free if you want to come knock on the door and uh, read some of this stuff. Uh, this is their facts. All right. This isn't opinions. Uh, and, and we've been trying to stress that every time, David, that you're on the show. Um, your, your information is based on facts, scientific facts. Um, if you have an opinion, you state it that it's your opinion, but that doesn't happen very often with you. You are kind of a fact-finding guy. Well, I think that when you're dealing with people's lives, uh, opinions are of very little value. Mm-hmm. Uh, who cares what I think? Um, everybody's got an opinion. Everyone's welcome to their opinion. But you can't make policy that literally could mean the difference between life and death based on an opinion. Mm-hmm. And and that's and yet that's what's happening across the country, and and more than that, a lot of these uh, decisions are being made based on opinions that are made out of fear. Yes, and fear is generally a result of a lack of knowledge, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, fear is uh, is that that's that's a great foundation for fear to not understand something or to not know something. I prefer to take the time and the effort to actually know something. I'll tell you, John, if I could, uh, what my presentation, they said, uh, you're welcome to speak, but everybody's going to be limited to three minutes. Well, I had about 15 minutes of, of comments that I wanted to make to them, but I, I managed to, to pick a small section. And here's what I told them uh, last night. Uh, I have a degree in uh, a Bachelor of Science degree in Industrial Technology from the University of North Dakota. 
And one of the things that we study in industrial technology is industrial safety. So PPE, personal protective mm-hmm. equipment. So I actually, that's something that I have formal training and education in. Sure. And I said, there's no such thing as universal PPE, right? Every piece of PPE is designed for a specific application in, in, in a certain context. So I don't know if I still have them. No, I, I brought up a pair of uh, little rubber, thin rubber gloves, uh, mm-hmm. blue gloves. I said, now these are considered PPE if you're a phlebotomist, if you're taking someone's yeah. blood, you yep. wear those. That's PPE mm-hmm. in that context. But that, those same rubber gloves are not considered PPE if you're a beekeeper. Right. right. Or if you're working with small animals with sharp teeth, mm-hmm. they'll do nothing for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a clear face mask, a full full-size clear face mask is considered PPE in the context of cutting wood on a table yep, saw yep. or grinding, grinding metal yep. with, a, with a grinder. But that same face mask that's, that's fully useful personal protective equipment is not PPE if you pick up a, a handle and start using an arc welder to weld metal. It's not PPE anymore. You need something else to protect you from that. You're going to burn your eyes out. Right. And not only that, you're going to get a really bad, uh, bad sunburn. So... So, so the question is, what is PPE? PPE is only those materials or those devices that are designed to protect a person from a particular uh, threat mm-hmm. or, or, or risk. So I said, let's see, since everybody's talking about what the CDC says and what the, what the, uh, the, the World Health Organization says, I said, let's see what they say about PPE. This is an article that was, uh, that was published Coronavirus disease, operational considerations for personal protective equipment in the context of global supply shortages for coronavirus disease in 2019. Oh, one of the city council members pointed out, oh, those are, that's old information, but we've learned a lot more since then. Uh, yeah, it's old information. It's old information, but, but a face mask would work for protecting me from grinding with a grinder yesterday and last year and 10 years ago and 20 years ago, it would still work. It'll work tomorrow. It'll work the next day. PPE to, pro- to protect from a particular risk doesn't change based on the year, right? Mm-hmm. So this is dealing with uh, COVID-19. And here's what it says. This is short. It says, non, this is in bold, non-medical masks are not considered PPE and their ability to protect healthcare workers is currently unknown. Well, if they can't protect healthcare workers, who I think are this just as human as you and I, mm-hmm. then they can't protect you or I. Right. And, 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 you know, I would say nine out of the 10 masks that I see people wear that are mandated are not considered PPE. Well, actually, yeah, really none of them are. Okay. Okay. Uh, I haven't seen anybody they wearing actually, They a mask. say it right on the mask. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but we still are mandated to wear them. It goes on to say some studies say, now this is again, this is CDC. Centers for Disease mm-hmm. Control and Prevention. Some studies suggest that it may lead to a false sense of protection and even increase influenza-like illness relative to wearing a medical mask. Okay, that's the CDC. Let's see what the World Health Organization says about cloth masks and PPE. Non-medical, also referred to as fabric masks, mm-hmm. a non-medical mask is neither a medical device nor personal protective equipment. That's the World Health Organization. This is a document called Hospital Respiratory Protection Program Toolkit. It is, uh, it's got the, the seal of approval by OSHA, 
the CDC, and NIOSH, which is the National Institute of Occupational uh, Safety uh, and Health, National Institute for Occupational Safety uh, and Health. Sorry for the delay. Had some dead air there. Face masks by design do not seal tightly to the wearer's face. Mm. Therefore, they allow unfiltered air to easily flow around the sides of the face mask into the breathing zone and respiratory tract of the wearer. As I finish reading this, just keep in mind, did it matter that this was written a year ago, 10 Mm -hmm. years ago, or 10 days ago? In addition, the materials used for face masks are not regulated for their ability to filter particles and are known to vary greatly between models. This makes it possible for small particles to pass through or around the face mask and be inhaled by the wearer. This is why they are not considered respiratory protection. Face masks, and this part is in bold, do not, not as in all caps, do not provide the wearer with a reliable level, level of protection from inhaling smaller particles, including those emitted into the room air by a patient who is exhaling or coughing or generated during certain medical procedures. If they don't protect the, here's my question, if they don't protect, provide the wearer with a level of protection from inhaling smaller particles, what will protect the non-wearer in the same room from exhaled smaller particles right. by the wearer? In other words, <clears throat> these masks aren't smart enough to know, oh, well, I'm not going to stop the particles going one way, but I'll stop the particles going the other way. Yeah, it yeah. doesn't work like that. No. This is basic physics. Yeah. Um, we're running out of time here, David, but, uh, we're going to be able to do this again in a week. We can do it again in a week for sure. Because, uh, because the, 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 the craziness and the nonsense just keeps, keeps getting worse. Yeah. Yeah. And so when that happens, so here are you two are, do, do either one of you gentlemen have a, a, a medical degree? Uh, nope. How about a PhD in something like biochemistry? Uh, nope. That'd be right. my better half. So apparently we're too stupid to, to understand that. Even though it doesn't make sense to wear a mask, even though there are all these studies that show that wearing masks throughout the day is actually harmful, um, we just don't understand. And really, they're good for us, and mm-hmm. we should all wear them. I guess that's the way that it is. And, and, and in fact, I think a lot of people have kind of resigned themselves saying, you know, I don't understand. It doesn't make sense to me, but I'm just going to do it anyway. Yep, just going to be a sheep. And I'm going to encourage people not to do that. Mm-hmm. Please, please don't do that. Um, don't give up. I'm looking forward to part five with David Waterman from the Midwest Public Health Coalition. By the way, website? Website, uh, realcovidfacts.org. And if you'll go there, please read and download on the purported efficacy and safety of face mask use to stop transmission of COVID-19. This was uh, written by uh, a fellow who's got a PhD in biochemistry mm-hmm. and, uh, and um, molecular biology. Extremely sharp man. Uh, this is a scientific read for sure. He's got 10 pages of, uh, of footnotes uh, with references, over 200 references. Um, it's very, very informative. I made sure all the members of the city council had access to this last night. You know, I'm uh, pretty lucky because my wife's got a PhD in uh, biochemistry with molecular biology. So, um, yeah, I've, Take I've had this copy to her. I've you had, can... I will. I've had some of the smart stuff pounded into my head. So, uh, special thanks going out to Integrity Fundraisers. Tell you what, in as little as two weeks, they can help any school, sports team, youth group, nonprofits help you all raise money for much needed funds. 
can purchase personalized water bottles or mugs with your name and logo. Uh, they also support businesses in need of business cards, brochures, any printed materials, design, laser engraving, and shipping. Uh, I tell you what, with over 300 clients, including us at GFBS, and $3 million raised locally and over 390,000 students served, well, they can help you to integrity fundraisers in the Grand Cities Mall. Call 701-402-2171. Let integrity fundraisers help you. Again, thank you to David Waterman from the Midwest Public Health Coalition. Uh, we're going to get him booked in the studio again uh, soon. And thank you to all you people out there uh, with your great texts. I wish I could have answered or got to every single one of them, but uh, we only have so much time. Hey, stay tuned for tomorrow's show. We're talking Halloween safety with Jasmine from Safe Kids. Make sure you like, share, and tag us. And uh, don't forget, we're now on Amazon Music. Tell your smart speaker to play GFBS podcast, and you are all set. Make sure you like, share, and tag us. Like I said, we are Grand Fork's best source, giving Grand Fork's an identity again.